Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Smith, and today on the MMA on Sirius XM podcast, Dean Thomas and Anthony Smith catch up with UFC middleweight Chris Weidman to get an update on his return and discuss joining the Fight Nation family with his new show, Won't Back Down Radio. And on Unlocking the Cage, I answer questions from the listeners from the UTC Midweek Mailbag. We're not important right now, Anthony. Because we have a very special guest. I promised everybody we had a very special guest with a very special announcement. And here he is, the former middleweight king of the entire world, Mr. Chris Weidman. What's up, man? How are you? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. What's going on? I'm chilling, chilling. Just uh, excited to be on the show with you guys. Hanging out with these amazing hosts. (laughs) This guy. Speaking of amazing hosts. Uh, Chris Weidman now has a, a new job. Uh, he's going to be joining the Fight Nation family. He'll be hosting Won't Back Down Radio, which is one of the coolest goddamn names. We need a better name for our show, Dean. I don't know we sure do, man. We sure do. Won't Back Down Radio every Monday, starting this Monday, October 17th at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so you've kind of been getting into this the broadcasting thing, the radio stuff, a little bit of podcasting. Uh, tell us about what, what's your plan. What are we going to have on this show? Probably Anthony Smith on twice a month, I'm hoping. And Anthony Smith is going to be my guest host uh, multiple times for sure. You're going to be one of my <laughs> first guys. Um, there we go. I'm trying to think of another 205-pounder that I'd have on right before you just to piss you off, but it's not coming to me. So John Jones. <laughs> you should oh, yeah, John I'm going to have John Jones on. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. I'll go how, with long, that. how long you been working on this? Uh, this has been maybe in the last month or two. Uh, it's been something that's been uh, on the plate and we've been trying to figure out and hammer out. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited, man, uh, to be a part of the family. The Sirius XM Fight Nation family uh, is really cool. Uh, you guys have been doing a great job and I'm excited to just join the cast and bring it to another level. So what's no your offense. show going to be no about, offense. man? So, no, oh, we trying to say ours is at a low level? No, 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 no. Well, Hold on be. now. Man, don't make me roll you know, out the North did. They did let me know some of the numbers going on on this show, and uh, that's why they brought me on. They uh. thought, you know, maybe we could we, we could use a Weidman to help them out a little bit. So I'll be marketing your guys' show to help it out a little bit. So don't worry. It's not all run about ads. Me. You'll be running, I'll be running ads for free. That. No problem. So um, never never back down is the name of the show. It starts won't, Monday. Won't back down. Won't back down. Won't back down. Won't, back down. Yep. That's the movie. Won't back down is the name of the show. It starts next Monday at 5 p.m. What's the show about? MMA. So we're going to be talking, uh, you know, I'll have all different types of guest hosts on. I have a lot of friends in the in the field, uh, obviously, just like you two. And uh, I'll have different guys on, ask some questions before the fights, uh, after the fights, uh, just kind of getting in the ins and outs of the fight game, um, trying to get in the minds of these fighters, uh, maybe some of their backgrounds, and uh, kind of whatever whatever's going down on the scene, some of the big uh, hit hit pieces that are out there i'll be striking on it so i'm excited about it man that's excellent man and we are excited to have you on welcome to the brotherhood so if you ever need anything you know what i'm saying you let us know man we got your back my man i appreciate that so yes, what sir. else has been going on with you like you are out in uh, south carolina it is i mean you mm-hmm. schooled me on that moments ago yeah. you got you got your gym going on out there tell me a little bit what's like what's life like for you right now 
Man, if you don't remember, April 24th, 2021, I broke my leg in half against Uriah Hall. And then well, I was he, there, man, and I still uh, never seen it because I refused to look up at yeah, the screen. Yeah, don't do it. I yeah. forced myself to look at it a whole bunch of times just so I wasn't like scared of it uh, because I knew I was going to be getting tagged in it, you know, for the rest of my life. So I've looked at it a bunch. And uh, yeah, so since then, it's just been tons of ups and downs. I've had four surgeries. I've had infections and uh, I haven't been able to say much because ESPN is doing a documentary on it and they have the rights to my story. So I'm uh, just just working my butt off to come back and uh, to light the middleweight division on fire uh, when I do. Um, but I've been kind of quiet and letting ESPN kind of tell my story. And that's going to be coming out before I have right before my next fight, whenever that's going to be announced, which I still got time. I still have some recovery to do. So I just been physical therapy and training my butt off, trying to get better and better. All right, so we're not, we're not doing we're not getting a radio show and and going full time broadcasting because you're not going to fight. You definitely you definitely are on the mend and plan on fighting again as soon as possible. Yeah, not yet. At some point in my life, I will not be fighting. It's that's definitely it. But I am not backing down. It's not time yet. Uh, you know, I'm excited to inspire people because this what I've been through is is definitely insane. I love that ESPN was able to capture it. And uh, to be able to tell that story, come back and not just come back and be like, ah, eh, he did all right. I want to come back and, you know, make a real big uh, scene. So, uh, yeah, I'm just that's it. I'm excited to do that. And in the meantime, of course, I'm excited about this show. October 17th, this Monday, we're starting 5 p.m. Eastern. Won't back down radio on Fight Nation Channel 156. There Let's go. go. He's got it down already. <laughs> do you have any idea when you're going to fight again? Like where, I'm, I'm like, going like to say something. I'm, I'm thinking at this point, um, early 2023, that's, okay. that's the, that's where my head's at, but I I've set kind of goals for myself during this recovery and I've been let down multiple times. So I'm just, I just want to come back as close to hundred percent as possible and I'm not there yet. So I'm taking my time. You know, I don't have that much longer in this game. So I want to be back at the best possible version of, of myself. And so I don't want to rush anything. Um, I could fight right now. I could, but I still, I'm not comfortable enough to do that with the, the way the leg feels. Not because of kicking or anything like that. Just more about like moving on my feet the way I want to and stuff like that. Man, that's amazing. I find that to be fascinating. I mean, you were the champ. I mean, you've done everything. You went out there, you took a, you know, you had your leg broken. And I mean, like I said, I still won't watch it because it was like, oh, <laughs> like what is there for you to prove? Like what motivates you to get up and still train this hard to want to go back out there and do this? You've done everything. Yeah, I, I know I've done, I haven't really, I don't feel like I've showed my true potential to be honest. I know I've, you know, won the belt and defended and I've had some good fights, but, um, the way the last part of my career has been going is not where I'm at. I'm not, it's not like, you know, um, I'm just trying to hold on to this. I just need to get a win to show somebody, you know, something it's, it's, it's more than that. Um, and I just want to finish. I want to finish strong, you know, and if, if I felt like I wasn't able to do that, I wouldn't be doing this. I'm not delusional. You know um, it comes from hard work in the room and seeing where I'm at with these younger guys and, I know I'm right there to, to beat anybody. So I would feel like I'd regret it at this point if I left early at this, you know, just left it the way it is. You know, I regret just not seeing how much further I could take it. Uh, when you look at the middleweight division right now, obviously the, you pay really close attention. Where do you, 
Like, where do you see the state of the division right now? Like, as far as you got Adesanya versus Pereira, like, do, does anyone really stand out to you? Like, how do you feel about maybe those top five guys? Like, where do you, where do you feel like you kind of fit in there? And, and, and just overall, how do you feel about the state of the division right now? Um, I just think matchup wise, it's, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tough matchup for any of those guys. So um, that's what really excites me. You got Israel Adesanya, you got Pereira. They're both fighting for the belt now. And um, both of those guys, I would just get a hold of and it would be, uh, it would be a nightmare for them. And there's nobody really in the division that could do that to them besides me. So that's, a, that's something that I want to be able to prove that, you know, right now, I've been injured for a while. I've been quiet. And so, you know, people might think of that as kind of just being stupid to say that, but that's how I feel, man. I believe in myself and um, I'm, I would love the opportunity to get to fight those guys. So that's what drives me every single day. Now your gym, you got a new gym opened up in South Carolina. It seems to be kind of a hidden gym because the people here on the East coast know about this. But I don't know if a lot of other people know about this. I don't know if you've been trying to keep it a secret, but um, but now I'm gonna let the cat out the bag, and I'm gonna give like I know you got some guys over there training. I know Anthony said he's been over there training. What you got going on over there? So I, I just to set set the record straight. My I don't own the gym. I'm on 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 Long Island, on in South Carolina. It's actually in North Carolina. The gym I've been training at. It's called Jimmo. A guy named Jeff Jimmo owns it. He's been a coach for a long time. Um, he coaches guys like uh, Holtzman and Barbarina. Um, Impa Kasaganaya was his guy that yeah. he started off there. Um, he's had, I think, a few other UFC fighters, but um, he's a really great coach. But, you know, and, and they have, we have tons of like up and coming guys right now. We got a guy, Tom Lane, Tom the Freight Train Lane. Anthony knows him well. He's, you know, he's, up and comer, he's undefeated. He's having a hard time getting fights. He's only one to zero right now, um, but he's been trying to get a fight for a year, and the guys just keep backing out. Dean, uh, but Dean, a bunch I, of up and coming wrestlers. When he talks about like guys that nobody knows, yeah, like he just he just glossed right on by Tom Lane. Like, oh, I got this guy Tom Lane. He's having I've never won a round. No kidding. Against Tom Lane. Yeah. No kidding. Anthony like, Smith is very humble. Very I've never, humble. I've never won. Like, but he's also, actual, but he's also very honest. He, we, we established an actual, that earlier. An actual sparring round, like where we got two rounds in the cage. Like I've caught him, and it's, you know I've tapped him in jujitsu, and and you know we've done striking only, and you know I do okay. But like an actual sparring round, five minutes, like a fucking simulated fight, never won a round versus Tom. Lee. So he just, he just glossed right on by him. him. He just, like, he just, just glossed just, right over him. Baby, again, like he, like so he's got all these secrets. He's trying to keep these guys hidden so that nobody starts studying them. But I see what he's <laughs> trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's he wrestled at Cal Poly. He was an All American, uh, COVID All American, um, and uh, he was he was from Long Island too. I actually he came to my gym on Long Island for a long time, just doing private privates in wrestling. Actually, as he was like a kid. He came to my gym, you know, when I was a champion, he was like 12 years old, probably or something like that, you know, looking up to me. And now next thing I know, he's out here in North Carolina training with me all the time uh, and is all in uh, in the sport. You know, he's just, he's at the gym every single day. He doesn't miss a day. You know, I'm in and out. You know, I got family stuff coming on. But no matter what, Tom Lane's going to be there mm -hmm. <laughs> at 10 a.m., like guaranteed. So uh, it's nice having these these young guys that, you know, their bodies don't really break down. They're always there. Um, and it's it's awesome to have that, 
and they have tons of potential and I'm excited to watch their, their whole stories play out. Now playing out, we got your boy Aljo fighting in Abu Dhabi this week. It's got to mean something to you. I mean, it's, it's your homeboy, hometown boy. What do you think about the matchup? What do you see going on in this fight? Man, I'm super excited for him. Uh, to fight a legend like TJ Dillashaw. Can I call him legend? I mean, he's a guy who's been around for a long time. I will say TJ Dillashaw, take away the steroids. And that could be a whole, that could be a part of his whole damn career. It's hard to say it's not. There's definitely an asterisk there. But um, when I watched him fight Henan Burrell that first time, yeah, that yeah. might have been the most influential, inspiring fight I've ever seen to this day. Uh, a guy that he went in there against a guy who was kind of known as one of the greatest at that point. Um, and that nobody really could beat. I think Dana was saying he was the GOAT, you know, at least of the weight class, maybe of the whole sport. And he just went right through him from the orthodox stance to the southpaw, the strikes into the kicks, into the takedowns. Like, everything was just beautiful. Um, to fast forward now, I don't know how many years later, and to seeing him fight my boy Aljo, who I've known since he's a, in high school, it's just crazy to me. And now to flip my brain into thinking, well, no, Aljo actually, he's beating him. Like to, to think of that guy, that TJ Dillashaw that I first saw, and now to imagine my good friend Aljo, like, and believing in him, knowing that he has the skill set to take a guy like TJ Dillashaw on, it, it's just super exciting for me to, to see it all play out. I'm excited for him to go out there and just crush him and shock people once again. Like people don't want to give him the credit. They don't want to give him credit at this point. And it's partly his fault. The way he acted, you know, after that first thing, people can't get over. And, I, and I'm with him. I was telling him, too, it was like it was grossing me out. But I knew what he was doing. And it was because people are over analyzing and saying, oh, why does he have the belt? But, you know, it was it's I'm not going into the whole story. But at the end of the day, he did it for a reason. He was kind of pissing people off for a reason. He knew, you know, whether you like him or, or you hate him. As long as you're tuning in, that's good. So he was just hoping that was going to play out for him. It's funny. I talked to Ray Longo last night. He said, he said, they're going to outweird each other. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't he know how you're going to outweird. And they're going to outweird each other. They're going to be in there and they're just going to be outweirding each other. It's going to be a weird fight. I agree with Longo because Aljo, he has like, if you watch him with Jan, his like faints, like he'll, he'll dive in there from anywhere with the, with the takedown. Um, and he's so dangerous once he gets someone's back that you have to respect every movement. And then, yeah, he comes up with like these crazy kicks, these, you know, uh, weird unorthodox kicks that you have to beware of. And, you know, I think he hit Jan a couple of times with some good ones. Um, and then you have TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw is like, he's pretty out there. You know, it's pretty smooth, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but it's very hard to understand what he's doing because he does switch it up a lot. You know, he's all over the place, has tons of different techni techniques and combos. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. Where, where do you think, where do you think Aljo's got to be successful against Dillashaw? Because obviously Aljo's such a good wrestler. Yeah. Dillashaw is pretty good too. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he's a fantastic wrestler himself. Um, I don't know. Like, you think that's going to cancel it out? I, I think the one in my head, and you obviously know Aljo much better yeah. than I do, but in my mind, if Aljo can't at least give a legitimate threat of a takedown, like if Dillashaw just straight stuffs him four times in a row and Aljo stuck on his feet out there with, with a guy like Dillashaw, who's so creative. Um, I, I, that's probably worst case scenario, right? Yeah. I would say that's worst case scenario. Exactly that. You know, if Aljo's going in for some, 
legit setup takedowns and TJ Dillashaw just brushes it off and, 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 and then Al Joe's in the, in a, uh, like a space of like being frantic and he's mm-hmm. just looking to keep them away with kicks and the pressure's becoming a lot that, that I would say would be a, a nightmare. Um, for me, what I would say is obviously if Aljo could get to the floor, that's where, he, where he's going to be good at, but he needs to have him respect his kicks because he can move his kicks and place it like it's someone's hands. You know, he's very, he's got great dexterity with his legs and uh, he doesn't even really utilize them the way that we know he can. So he's got to really uh, get TJ to respect his, his kicks. And when TJ does close the distance, when he starts feeling uncomfortable, you know, lower the level, look for the takedowns, look for the clinch. I think anything with wrestling, I know TJ Dillashaw is on paper a better wrestler, um, but Aljo is really, he's got a chip on his shoulder with, whole, with this whole Division Three thing too. I don't know if you guys have been following that. Like, you know, TJ Dillashaw is the Division One wrestler. He's more credentialed, but, but Aljo, Aljo started wrestling when he was in 10th grade and he went to Cortland University and, you know, he did, he did good there. I don't know how much he accomplished, but it was Division Three. And he's kind of been looked at as he was, as he's moved on with his MMA career and he's got way better at wrestling just by wrestling our whole careers, just like, you know, any one of us do. Um, that whole division one thing kind of always haunts him. People think, oh, he's a division three wrestler. He went out there with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bravo Young, Ro- mm-hmm. Romeo Bravo Young. What's his first oh, name? Oh yeah, from the Penn State. Yeah. I mean, he launched him for four points to start with. He ended up losing like six to four. Right. To one of the best. It was a good match. It was a good match. That's a division one kid, not just a division one kid, but one of the elites of division current one. Current elite. Current division elite. One. Yeah. So he's not afraid to put himself out there. That's not in his head. That division one thing over division three things not in his head to where he feels less than. It just pisses him off that other people don't think his wrestling is on the level of these other guys just because right. of that. So he's got a chip on his shoulder, and so I think he. Really, it, I think it really excites him to have an opportunity to to take on a guy like TJ Dillashaw and take him to the ground on top of his super confidence that he has with getting on someone's back and submissions. So if he gets a takedown, you think he finishes? I think it's either he wins that round or he yeah. or he submits him. Yeah, I, if it, it, I'm not saying just if he gets on top, I'm saying if he takes his back. Yeah, if he gets his back and, and like we seen with Jan in the first fight. Jan did a great job again, back up to the feet without giving up his back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's um, gotta be in your training camp. That's gotta be number one versus Aljo, right? Like, yeah. Give up the round if you have to, but don't give your back up. I'm just curious though, because remember Sanhagen, Sanhagen knew and, and still knows that like, you don't want well, before the fight with, uh, with, uh, Aljo, he knew that you don't want to give up your back to Aljo, but he couldn't resist. He, he just, he just gave his back up. Yeah, it's tough there's sometimes. A bunch of guys. You like, know how it is. I think, like, yeah. I think you just you just like when you come from a wrestling background, it's just normal. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's just what happens. Yeah. And I, also some people just have certain like tendencies that they're not that that it's hard to just break, even in a full training camp, you know. You could we could work on, you know, how to deal with a heel hook for eight weeks straight. And then you get in there with a good heel hooker like Al Harris, and it's like, oh crap, he could he's still breaking my ankle. Um, he's that good at taking the back to where you could work it for a camp and, you know, do a good job. But in that fight with the pressure on under the lights, things just don't work out, you know, in your favor, you know, it's going to be a great fight. I'm excited to watch it. It, Like even from like stepping back, non-biased stance, uh, just as appreciating mixed martial arts is really interesting fight. Well, we could talk to you about this all day long and we definitely appreciate you but don't miss the debut 
of Won't Back Down Radio with Chris Wyman. It starts this Monday, October 17th at 5 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Best of luck to you on the show. Best of luck to you in your rehab and recovery. We can't wait to see you again, my man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. UTC mailbag at gmail.com. That's where you send your questions. KOB sends pretty much all week uh, just going through them. Takes up a lot of his free time, picking out the best ones. Big part of his job. Big part of his job. Anyway, KOB, you filter through the gems, right? What are they? Hit me with them. You've got mail. All right. This first one comes to a regular uh, submission man to the midweek mailbag. This comes from Kirk, who's looking for a little advice on how to get through a rough week. He said, hello, gang. Hope everyone is doing well. Jimmy, I just want you to know that you topped off my horrible week. Monday, I was walking into my office. I hear a pop in my knee and go down like a ton of bricks. I fell directly on my butt and back. Keep in mind, Jimmy, I am older than you at at age 49. I go to the doctor. I have a bone spur under my kneecap, and the sound was the bone spur breaking off, causing me to go down. Uh, the next morning, I go to start my car to come to work. Dead battery. Since I have four spinal surgeries, including a spinal cord stimulator installed four years ago, I had to get an epidural injection to calm everything down. Then to end my week, you are let go by the WWE. I know. Do you have any advice to help me get through this last week? Surgeries can fix everything else, but it won't help me on Monday nights. Thanks for the great work, but now I need suggestions on how to get over this loss. Oh, God, that's putting a lot of my plate here, people. Um, Jesus. We all have something. And, you know, obviously mine. And I've been asked about that. Oh, how am I getting through everything? Why did I sound tired today, KLB, over the phone? Kid when stuff? When you did the production call. <laughs> no, no, no. Why, when you said today, you're like, oh, you sound a little exhausted. What did I tell you? I, today, when you com- called me. I actually completely forget. I wish I could you go did? along with I, what we're saying right now. I just finished jujitsu. Remember, you oh, called yeah, me yeah. like, oh, you sound tired. I just finished jujitsu. I just finished rolling for an hour. That's why I sound tired. That's my therapy method. Anytime things are really bad in my life, I work out like a motherfucker, whether it's lifting or doing more jujitsu than I normally do, whatever the deal is. That's my coping mechanism. I don't know what everyone else's is. I don't. I don't drink, I don't do drugs with any regularity, so it's like I don't have that thing to get me over the, the top when, when things are going wrong, so I generally spend time alone, and I, I grapple, or I exercise. We all have something, there's always something within us that is our place of joy and contentment or whatever, right? There's always that thing we do where it's like, oh, this, this makes me feel good. And getting away from that thing a little too much causes a lot of problems and anxiety when i can't grapple or can't work out i just become a different person i don't like that person he's a dick okay so the idea that you got to find that niche and i know from what you're saying in spinal surgeries i'm sure grappling is not trust me it's hard on the back it's probably not your thing but reconnecting with that thing and and when you sit there and go 
man, I haven't done that in a long time. When you sit there and go, what do I like most? This. When was the last time you did it? And when you when there's a long gap in there, it's really depressing. Ariel, what's your thing? That like, okay, this is my thing that makes me feel good and happy. Yeah, it's actually going to the gym. Sure. Like heavy lifting. Yeah. Right, exactly. Also, as you've told me, you are a live sports music person. You like going out to that stuff. Like, wow, cool. uh, Right? And when I think about the last time I saw live music, I don't remember. Well, I saw you you see it all the time, right? But it's been a long time. You go, oh, man, it's been. Jesus, I don't remember the last time I went out and saw live music, a live band, right? I've seen every band of my era when I was young, but I just it's been years and years and years. You go, God, man, i got to go out and see live music again. It's been too long. And so all I can tell you is I don't know what your thing is. I don't know what makes you feel content and happy that doesn't cost a dime, right? That just gets you feeling better. Do that do that surgeries will fix stuff bone spurts suck i've been through back problems not as bad as your back problems but i've been through my share of back problems they're a pain in the ass you got to deal with them and they suck but at the end of the day going back to what you love and what makes you happy is always worth it that's my advice to you i don't know what it is but do it okay will be next Mail, motherfucker. all right here this next one comes from jack from chicago who's asking jimmy smith to really put on his nostradamus hat here uh, wow Okay. He says, hey, guys, if the UFC goes with their current schedule of a pay-per-view a month, the UFC 300 will be in a little more than a year and a half, the middle of 2024. Do you see any current champions headlining? If so, who? Any current champions headlining? That would be Davison Figueredo, lineal champion at 125. No. Aljamain Sterling. Lineal champion at 135. Headlining, no. But lower weight classes typically don't headline. Alexander Volkanovsky. He's a, here's a good one. If he has success at 55, maybe. A double champ headlining is always good. If he can be a double champ and hold on to it for a year and a half, Jesus, that would be hard. But if he's able to pull it off, he could do it. Um, is he headlining quality? Only if he's a double champ. Alexander Volkanovsky by himself would not headline a UFC 300. A double champ, and maybe he gets another big name to fight him? Maybe. Certainly a possibility. Now we're getting into 55. Charles Oliveira with a decent dance partner? Maybe. The problem is I don't see them putting a rematch at 155. And if it's Charles Oliveira... Now, I know there is no champion. He's not champion right now. He is really the champion. Loss is, is, is belt on the scale, not in the octagon. He, to me, is the champion. So let's say he beats uh, Islam Akhachev. That's not easy, but let's say he does. In a year and a half, let's say he's able to win a couple. He's on a historic track by that point. If he wins for a year and a half, there would have to be some fresh blood. Maybe Conor McGregor. Maybe another 55-pound challenger that comes to the top. Charles Oliveira is a possibility. Okay. Uh, 170. Let's be honest. A champion Kamara Usman versus a returning Conor McGregor could highlight UFC 300. They could headline UFC 300 for sure. Leon Edwards? Probably not. But Leon Edwards, Conor McGregor could. If any champ at 170, be it Leon Edwards or Kamara Usman, I'm saying Kamara Usman because I believe he wins the rematch. But 
I could be wrong. A victorious champion at 170 taking on Conor McGregor could headline UFC 300 for sure. 185. If it's Israel Adesanya and they can come up with a dance partner that makes sense, uh, Kamzat? At, at, at UFC 300, 300? Sure. That's a possibility. If they can find a dance partner for Israel Asanya, he could headline. 205? No. I don't see anybody right now at 205 with real star power. It's going to be a great fighter, right? I really like Yuri Prohachka. I love Glover Teixeira. Jan Blavich is really good. Makovic and Kalaev. They're all good fighters. But the star power, you're the headliner of UFC 300? No way. I just don't see the star power there in that division. Heavyweight? John Jones, yes. Francis Ngannou, John Jones. Now, that's probably closer than a year and a half away. But for argument's sake, either a dominant Francis Ngannou or a dominant John Jones could headline US three, UFC 300. KOB, yes or no with what I'm saying. You feel, feel what I'm saying? Sounds pretty fair. Yeah, you I, feel th- I think you went saying. with the safe ones. Be funny if I you did. Were, if you really went out of limb. Like I believe Benil Dariush will be fighting. Yeah, we'll headline. <laughs> but also the thing is, I'm not saying Benil Dariush won't be champion. A champion Benil Dariush does not headline UFC 300. I'm not saying he won't be champ. He has the skills. Is the UFC going? You're our pay per view guy for the biggest show in UFC history. No, that's why 205. As great as they are, great fighters that are, they don't have that kind of cachet. 135. Aljamain Sterling. I think he's a great champion. Does he have the cachet? No. Even Volk, 45, does he have the cachet? No, unless he's double champ. The higher up you go, the easier it gets. That's the way this sport works. Next. Message. Next up, this comes from Chris B, who says, hey, UTC crew, if Patty were to fight and convincingly beat Tony Ferguson in December, how big would a Patty versus McGregor first fight back in the UK early 2023 Bay? Uh, you mentioned that once you face a ranked opponent, you cannot go back. But it's eventually, the McGregor cash cow will dry up. Why not set up the next big rising star against one that is on the tail end of their career? So what do you think of a possible Patty Pimblett conor McGregor matchup? Conor would have to accept it, and I don't think he would. That's the deal here, is that your average fighter, you know, Tony Ferguson on the way out, you know, obviously, he, you know, he could be taking on up-and-coming talent very, very soon. Um Connor would have to accept that he's. Connor has more ability than any other fighter to go, no, I'm not fighting that guy. No, you can't make me. Connor has the ability, even on the quote unquote way out, to decide who he fights. Have you ever had a dog that was getting old and you got a puppy? Anybody? Anybody live that reality? Nobody? Am I talking about myself here? Okay, I grew up in the country. That happens sometimes, okay? Two ways that can work. The dog loves the puppy. They get along fantastic. They run around like a pack. It is awesome. Or the dog can go, I'm being replaced by this puppy, and I refuse to accept it. Okay? Think of Connor as the older dog, and you get a new puppy. F this dog. I'm going to kick its ass every chance I get. I will urinate all over the place. Screw this. I see Connor being that kind of dog. When they go, we want you to fight Patty Pimlet. I am not boosting this guy up on the way out. I am not, as they say in pro wrestling, doing the honors. Okay? I am not helping you get this guy over. I'm not going out. Blah, 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 blah. Okay? That's what he's saying. 
is I am not going to help the UFC push this young buck because I'm on the way out. Why? I'm not on the way out. I am Conor McGregor. I can beat the chip. The guy's not hasn't been throughout his career particularly rational about where he is right now in his career. The idea that he's rational enough to go, look, I'm on the way out. Um, that's it. You know what I mean? If, I, if I'm on the way out, I'll help maybe or you know build the next guy or something like that. I don't see Connor accepting that in order to take a Patty Pimlet fight. The numbers would be really, really amazing on it. Obviously, it would sell out Wembley and all this stuff, but Connor would have to accept he's on the way out. He's always said, I'm taking on the champ. I'm the, the I'm taking on the champ at 170. He's never really taken a step back other than Cowboy, who he knew he could handle and wipe out. Patty Pimlet's a tough fighter, and he would have to accept that he is going to um, help somebody else on the way out. He's not going to do that. Next. You've got mail. All right. Next up here. As we've told people, you know, email Jimmy Smith about anything. Anything you might want to know. It doesn't have to be yeah. MMA-based. So this person sent this question, uh, wants to get your take on it. He just said, I want to get Jimmy's take on a news story. This is from Mark. Uh, so here is the news story. Apparently a hot sauce company called Texas Pete is being hit with a false advertising lawsuit because it is actually made in North Carolina. So... First reported by USA Today, this is from the article, Philip White bought a bottle of Texas Pete in September 2021, but now says he would not have done so <laughs> had it not led to him believe it was created in Texas. Uh, in fact, Texas Pete is a hot sauce created back in 1929 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The sauce's creator came up with the name because Texas had a reputation for spicy cuisine and his son's nickname was Pete. Today, White and his lawyers say the company has cheated its way to a market-leading position in the hot sauce industry by fooling customers into thinking it, into buying an inauthentic Texas sauce. Bottles of Texas Pete say on the back that they are manufactured in North Carolina. However, the lawsuit says customers are unlikely to notice that, especially when the front of the bottle features Texas imagery such as lassoing cowboy and a white, uh, a white lone star. Jimmy, what do you think of this silly little lawsuit? It's absurd. It'll get thrown out. You know, it's funny. I just actually listened to a really fascinating podcast about this whole, like, lawsuit hysteria, like the McDonald's lawsuit and all this stuff. Um, people like saying, oh, what's happening to our country? All these frivolous lawsuits. Most get thrown out before they go anywhere. They're not, they don't go anywhere. No judge on earth is going to allow this lawsuit to continue. What does it say on the back? Bottled in wherever it is, South Carolina, North Carolina. It says on the back, bottled in North Carolina. Well, it says Texas Pete. So that could be somebody's nickname. That could be any number of things. Having done paperwork for a litigation firm when I was uh, out of work in 2019, I know how a lot of these things work. That will get tossed out. It's fun, right? It's, it's fun for us to talk about. Folks, number one, the defense will be does saying the hot sauce is from Texas or implying it's from Texas imply that it's better than any other hot sauce? No, right? You're not saying it, it being from Texas implies the performance of the product. It doesn't say that. There are hot sauces from all over the place that are good. So, number one, they're not implying that it's any better saying it's from Texas, too. They're, they're not saying that. So this lawsuit will go absolutely nowhere. It'll get thrown out. It's a fun little article, but it'll get thrown out immediately. First step will get thrown out. Imagine First hiring a lawyer for this. 
Like, dude, this lawyer must have been all too like, yeah, sure, we'll sue. Just pay me. Like, I get paid whether it gets thrown out or not, right? Like, uh, I'll bet me. you it is a lawyer. You think so? A lot of Frizzle's lawsuits are filed by somebody who knows enough about the law to file it themselves. So they're not paying for it. He was a people big- don't know that. A lot of lawsuits that are frivolous are filed by people who know enough law to file one themselves. Just I, hoping they they make a buck. I saw the article and I was like, you know what? The legal system is so messed up. Maybe, just maybe, this is one of those lawsuits that sinks through. But where, once I saw it's on the bottle, it's like, oh no, you're screwed, pal. They already it's there already. Like, it says if it if it said bottled in Texas and it wasn't bottled in Texas, you have a lawsuit, yeah. right? It's, it's, I have the right to know where my product's coming from. What well, says on the back, bottled in North Carolina? Dude, yeah. it's always so funny. Like those are the. You ever been watching a commercial for like a car and someone's doing a weird stunt and they have to put please do not you know reenact do that. not attempt like, professional driver do not attempt yeah, yes like this is the stupid world that we're living in that you have to put those things for idiots like this you're like you're not really from Texas Texas Pete oh, I believe but, it's but, false advertising like nope on the bottle oh Deal you know what's it. funny I knew somebody years ago who, who her her husband did those commercials for like GMC or Ford or something their axles snap. The tires fall. Like, they're driving down a mountain. They have to have, like, five of those vehicles because they, they screw them up so badly. He's like, oh, yeah, we say you can drive. It can't. Like, it, it can't do that. You know what I mean? It's hilarious. They go through, like, three or four of them from what I was told it's many years ago. So, yeah, this lawsuit's going nowhere. Next. Answer my question. All right, this comes from Mark in North Carolina. He's got a doozy here for you, Jimmy. Oh, uh, great. He says, hey, Jimmy. I've often wondered if Gabby from Busted Open and Kelly were in a UFC fight, who, in your opinion, would win? Honestly? Well, number one, for people who have never seen them, Gabby's a lot bigger than Kelly. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, I, Gabby's, yeah, Gabby's, got, Gabby's, Gabby's got a height and reach advantage like a Gabby's, son of a bitch on, on Kelly. Yeah, Gabby's got a height and reach advantage for sure. Kelly is the kind of person to start a fight and let somebody else finish it. Like, like Gabby she threw is, the punches, probably. <laughs> Gabby would sling punches before you knew what was going on. Gabby's got an attitude on her. Uh, I, I got to go with Gabby. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy, I think you'll uh, agree. Like, I think yeah. Kelly would agree with the same thing here. Oh, Kelly, she would. She Kelly would, yeah. is a psychological fighter. She'll break your psyche and your soul. But She'll she's not a physical, right you know, get into a type of person. Gabby's got height and reach and has a Jersey girl backbone attitude to her. You're catching some punches. Yeah, you have to you have to go with Gabby on that. One. Gotta go with Gabby. Probably first round knockout is what I'm saying. That's just that's just where I'm putting my money. Sorry. It's a fight show, I gotta be honest about it. All right, everyone, thanks for all your questions. Remember, if you have a question for me about any subject at all, you can email it at utcmailbag at gmail.com to have it answered on the show. MMA on Sirius XM is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast plus catch unlocking the cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m eastern and mma today tuesday to thursday from 12 to 2 p.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 and on the sxm app sirius xm podcasts